You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Please go and open your Bible at Isaiah chapter 10. This morning we spoke about the corporate anointing. Everybody say corporate anointing. Now for those that weren't here, that's the anointing when we understand that each and every person that's born again, anyone that's born again, if you are saved, you are saved by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the incorruptible seed, the incorruptible Word of God that entered your heart for grace you saved by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And in hearing that word, faith rose. And then when you declared that word, the Holy Spirit entered into your life and you were born a brand new species of being. That's literally what the word says. When all things pass away, all things become new. And so you're born again by the presence of the Holy Spirit. We also understand that we go on to a further experience and that's been filled with the Holy Spirit, where we baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's not only Holy Spirit in, it's Holy Spirit on. Then we see also when you gather together in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, He is there in your midst. There's power where two or three witnesses, when you see that and then two, three gather in my name, I'm there. And whatever you agree touching anything, it'll be done for you. We see many examples and we'll have a look at one of them tonight again where you see in the gathering, there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So you have Holy Spirit in the anointing, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So it's Holy Spirit is that anointing. So it's anointing in you, it's anointing on you, and anointing among us. Three different levels. Can you see that? Say that anointing in, anointing on, anointing among. What anointing are we talking about here? Verse 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off your shoulder. Reading from the King James Version. His yoke from off your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. That yoke has been designed to destroy anything the curse brought to pass in your life. Hallelujah. That's good news. So you can understand why Jesus, when he got up in Luke chapter 4, after he had been baptized in water, he went out, he was tempted on three occasions. The Bible says he came back in great power. And verse 16, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, if I said, let's turn to that place now, I would have to tell you, go to Isaiah chapter 61. But how do you know Isaiah didn't write in numbers? He just wrote this whole scroll. And what we did over time is we took those scrolls and we separated into chapters, so obviously for reference purposes. So the chapters, it does well, we need the chapters to be able to find the portions of Scripture. But it'll be good that sometimes when you read something, if you're just going to a verse or you want to see a chapter, is take the time to read through that whole book. Because there's a reason that was written. You know, there's a lot of therefores. And therefore, and therefore. Well, therefore's therefore a reason. Because therefore's referring to what was before. 
And if you do a rewind, you'll hit another therefore. Then you have to rewind, you hit another therefore. So there's a lot happening up front that brings you to that scripture. And that also helped clear, clear up a lot of confusion sometimes about what's been spoken about. And so when we get to Isaiah 61, what he's about to read follows what we've just read now. It's, it's the same book, Isaiah chapter 10. So he's talking about the anointing. This is what Isaiah is busy expanding on. He's talking about the coming anointed one. He's talking about the coming of Christ. Remember, Christ means the anointed. So he's anointed because of the anointing. And so Isaiah is busy opening up the fact that when the Messiah comes, the anointed comes, there's something that he's carrying that will remove burdens and destroy yokes. So Jesus goes to this portion and he reads it, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Remember the Spirit in, he's already got Spirit in because he was baptized. Then he comes back in power. Now the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What's the Spirit upon for? Because he's anointed me to the anointing is not just so we can feel a buzz. It's not just there to get the new car and the new house. The anointing's there for a reason. What is it? To preach the good news. That's the primary reason for the anointing. God knows you have needs. We all have needs. Come on. God knows and He wants you to have good things. Paul said it clearly to Timothy, command those who are rich, don't be haughty, don't put your trust, don't put your pride in what you own. Because God gives you richly all things to enjoy. But remember, it's given for a purpose. It's so that you can help others. Can you see that? So the anointing is more than just getting my needs met. There's a purpose for it. The primary purpose is to preach the good news. To preach the good news. As long as someone is out there not saved, we have an anointing to reach another person with the gospel. He's anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel of Christ, to the poor. He sent me with this anointing to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight of the blind, to set at liberty those oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The fact that he began to say means he had more to say. But they didn't get past the opening. He was doing his introduction. And they already were upset. Why? Because there's an anointing. Yes, hallelujah. And the anointing's coming on one, the anointed one. Yes, amen. That anointing will remove burdens, destroy yokes. Hallelujah. That anointing is here to get rid of poverty. It'll destroy what caused that poverty. Hallelujah. It'll, whatever caused that broken heart, he will totally annihilate it totally annihilate that thing. You, even the memory of it will be taken away. Hallelujah. Everyone's hallelujah, hallelujah. And he says, now let's do it. It's here. I'm here. Let's, it's here today. 
And then they got upset. Family of God, that anointing will transform a life. So that's where people, you know, I don't know if that's right for today. You know, today we're just supposed to serve Jesus. Do you believe in Christ? Yes, amen. Well, what are you saying? Christ means the anointed one. If a wet person walked in here, they'd leave wet footprints wherever they went. If they were wet 2,000 years ago, they're wet today. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. The anointing hasn't lost any power. When the anointing is present, there's power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. They, they go together. You don't get water without wet. Try carry some dry water in your bag. With the Holy Spirit, with the anointing, always power. I said, there's always power. Well, why don't we see more of it? And that's the point. It has to be received. There's a connection that has to take place from the anointed one to the one receiving. It's the willingness to say, I believe that anointing is there. Because if I believe that anointing is there, that anointing will flow. How many of you are born again? Keep that hand up and say, as a born again child of God, the Holy Spirit lives in me. That's the anointing. The anointing that removes burdens, destroys yokes, is in me. There's miracles in me. I wish I could see a miracle. You're a walking miracle. I said you're a walking miracle. If nothing else, it's the fact that you were headed for hell. Me too. Not just picking on you. We were headed for hell. And I don't even want to think where I would be today if I wasn't saved. I look at the trajectory of where my life was and where it was headed. Oh, Jesus, I needed him so much. How many you say amen to that? And in an instant, I said, I believe Jesus. I know your love is real. I trust your love. I know you love me. I want to know a God who loves like you do. And I'm opening my heart. I didn't know about religion. I didn't know about altar calls. I was just in my study. I just said, come into my heart because I remembered my Sunday school teacher said something about that. Just come into my heart. And I won't say I felt a whoosh and a fall and a... I just stood there like, well, I guess it's done. And I didn't get the goosebumps. Didn't have the hot flushes. Came out, I told Janine, I said, Sunday, we're going back. Where? Where are we going to church? Where there's the anointing. Now, I didn't know it that way, but that's what I was saying. We're going back where this miracle happened. I don't know where else to go. Let's go where the healing took place. Let's go back to the source. It's stupid to get the healing there and go somewhere else. I want to go where the power is. 
And I went and I heard the word. You know how Apostle Theo teaches? Very similar to me. No, I learned everything I know from the man. Amen. I just drank it in. And family of God, I, when I look back, some of the people say, "How I know who you were and I know where you came from. What did you do? And I have to try and track it. And I get, I don't know. All I did was keep going back to the source. Stay in the anointing. Stay in that gathering. Stay where there's a corporate anointing. Just stay in that Word. And if I look and look back over the years of our lives, what's happened in Janine's life, what's happened in my life, our children's lives, there is no, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, no one can. You can come with all the, 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 the notes and all the, you know, every example you can think of and all the YouTube videos. People have tried for years. You too late. You can never talk me out of this. Why? Because I can show you there, that's the anointing. There, that's the anointing. You cannot explain this without the anointing. What happened here, there's no other way but by the anointing. Over this, this is the anointing. This is God's power at work. Now if you say amen to that. So you can debate theology all your life. People can come to you and say, you read the verse this way, I read it that way. Great, if it works for you, knock yourself out, tiger, go. I don't have to convince you to believe what I believe. If it's working for you, work it. But one thing I do know, that when the anointing shows up, I want to see power. And we've seen it way too many times. It goes way beyond coincidence. That anointing is available. It's present. He is in your life. And you can draw on it at any time. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus was saying. I'm anointed. For what reason? Are you poor? I'll destroy that curse that's caused that in your life. Somebody once got upset because I said poverty is a curse. And they say, you're calling everybody that lives in a poor area cursed? I didn't say the people. Listen carefully. It's not the, the people. God loves. He, he so loved the world that He gave His life. And the price He paid on that cross was for whosoever. Whosoever what? Believes. Whosoever believes. And so traditionally, a lot of people are brought up that way. Through generations, poverty might have become entrenched. But the good news, it's whatever caused that poverty, whether it's a mindset, whether it's a demonic, whether it's some kind of curse that was put on the family, whatever it was, the moment you give your life to Jesus, that thing is destroyed and you do not have to stay there anymore. Hallelujah. Sickness, disease, destroyed by this anointing. Whatever the curse tried to bring against your life. That miracle is in you right now. Hallelujah. 
And I cannot explain my life today without trusting and knowing it was because of the anointing. How you say amen to that in your life? See, that is one of the demonstrations of the anointing. Even if someone doesn't ever see any real tangible, well, I haven't seen so miracles as you, Pastor Alan. That's not the point. You look at how a life is transformed. You can take someone who's an outright, blatant, hating, atheistic, uh, racist, and all of a sudden they're born again and they just love everybody. How do you explain that? How do you explain a transformation like that? The anointing will take a lifetime of hurt and anger and dissolve it. Gone in an instant. Hallelujah. Someone shout amen. This is the truth. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. So 2 Chronicles chapter 5, we read this morning, verse 13, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one, everybody say one, made the sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, He is good, His mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Hallelujah. That glory cloud, that's the cloud that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. That's the anointing, the Holy Spirit. When they worshipped Him and worshipped God, what happened? That house was filled with the glory. Family of God, I'm telling you now, if there's... If you're going through a hard time, I don't care how difficult it seems, you may be hurting. I know what it's like. I have been in a place where you've just been so bashed up, you don't even feel like drawing in a breath to start confessing scriptures. You're just like... Pfft. Someone says, confess the word. Yeah, I'll get there. Come on, have you ever been there? I'm telling you, that's the moment. Maybe you don't have a scripture to quote. Maybe you don't know what to do next. You don't know what to say next. Is you just lift that, those hands, lift your voice and start praising Jesus. Just start praising the Lord. Glorify Him. Just sing. Just sing a new song. Just make a joyful noise to the Lord. That anointing, the Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Spirit of heaviness, that is a demon of depression. Now I know there are people that will argue with me, depression is a medical thing and I don't understand it because it's a medical condition. I get what you're trying to say. But they've told me cancer is also a medical condition. And I've seen people totally healed. They can't find a trace of cancer in their body. Here's my wife who had fibrous dysplasia. It is totally left the body and by the mouth of a doctor, he said, that's not medically possible. For those that don't know, I won't go into the whole testimony, but he questioned even the x-ray. He says, that can't be your x-ray, but your name's on it. To go from this x-ray to that x-ray is not medically possible. That's why I said, would you call that a miracle? I wanted to tell the mouth of the doctor. He said, well, you call it what you want to. 
but I can't, I'm not operating on this new x-ray. And there she is, years later, still healed. So I get that we can argue whether it's a medical condition, but the spirit of heaviness is that depression. Family, there's no need for someone to wake up depressed every day. There's no need to wake up worried every day. There's no need to wake up oppressed. You don't have to go through that stress. Hallelujah. There's nothing that, there's nothing that can hold you back. That anointing removes that burden, destroys that yoke. I had a lady come once in a prayer meeting. She's standing here and she, I mean, um, golly. She was so down and broken. Her whole body was slumped. Her face was slumped. She could hardly talk to me. But what's going on? I am so depressed. Do you know what the word says? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That is a demonic spirit. I can lay hands on you, but that wasn't the instruction of the word. I can agree with you on prayer, but that wasn't the instruction of the word. The word instructs. The way you deal with this demon is you put on the garment of praise. So we can obey the word. I'm gonna ask you to praise God right now. Go ahead and praise Him. Oh, praise Jesus. No, no, praise Him. Praise Him out of your heart. Oh, praise Jesus. No, no, we're talking about praise here. We're not talking about it's time to praise. You can just see she was looking at me. Now the dagger's starting to come out. Like, Do you even understand what I'm feeling? I said, I know where you're at, but I also know where you're going. I know you're free. It's time to believe God. And I took her hands and I said, come on, start, lift them up. Praise God. And I'm lifting her hands for her. Praise Jesus. He says, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And I thought, hang on, I, I'm going to have to participate here. And so I started jumping. I said, come on, praise God. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Come on, jump, jump, jump. Praise Jesus. And you can just see this is not what I do. Now, sometimes people say, you know, I'm, I'm just conservative. I'm the conservative kind. You were not born conservative. I know some of you have heard this before, but for those that haven't, I just have to go and interview your mother. And she will tell you, tell me you are not conservative. When you wanted food, your neighbor knew it. We were all born noisy. Come on, be honest. I mean, you, you had no problem screaming the house down. You had no problem telling people off when they should get you up and when they should change you and when they should do. You had no problem issuing the orders. You were only so big, but you are running that house. Life, the devil, the curse, threw things at people one after the other, sit down, shut up, stop speaking, stop singing, stop. Where's the joy? Where's, well, look at life. Look how ugly it is. Look how horrible it is. Look how people hate you. Look how terrible you are. You're a loser. You're never going to make it. Beat the praise out of people. Until they were silenced to sit still and moan, complain. It was taught. The praise was beat out of all of us. You still have it in you. 
I said, you still have it in you. If someone wants to debate it, don't try this at home. I'll never do it. But if I took you to the car park and I said, put your hand in the door and I slammed the door shut. You're so conservative. You go, wow. That really hurt. I mean, you're conservative. Is that what you would do? What would you do? You forget who you are, isn't that right? I mean, you would scream, you would, um, you, you probably want to hit me, and you know, all of a sudden, all the conservatives are gone, and, and all kinds of words are coming out of your mouth now. What's the difference? Your level of praise is determined by your level of experience. So once somebody is set free, once somebody's delivered out of hell, once somebody is set free from alcoholism, once somebody gets rid of those drugs, their life has changed, the curse is taken away. You don't know my life. You don't know where I was going. You got no idea what Jesus set me free from. Just excuse me if for a while I praise Jesus and lose myself in His presence. I don't have time to debate with you whether we're too noisy in church or not. Maybe you never had a problem. And you can sit there and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And I took that woman and I started dancing and, and just jumping and praising Jesus. And eventually she started to come in sync with it. And we came into one accord and all of a sudden we, we were praising together what happened two are in agreement and the anointing hit her i mean she took off i was like wow and she's like twirling and running and oh and you're on your own now that thing bust clean off her never the same again Free from depression, without any drugs. Why you want to live on pills every day? The anointing will remove that burden. Destroys that yoke. Somebody shout amen. See Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. All filled. All filled with the, that's the anointing, the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as that anointing, the Holy Spirit, gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Your heavenly prayer language is generated by that anointing. Praise God. And verse 12. So in between there and verse 12, they're hearing them speaking in languages that they are. They say, look, we, we are all these different races, different nations, and we're hearing people speak in our language. Now, those disciples didn't suddenly learn those languages. I believe and this is based on what I 
trust for the anointing when I believe it is. And again, we can debate it, but we, that's not the issue here. Is that they would speak and each person heard in their tongue. Only the anointing can do that. Even if someone believes, well, disciple one spoke German, disciple two Italian, disciple three, you know, that may also be so. But where did he learn all those languages? Because the people were shocked. They, they, they know our language. It was they didn't expect that. And you understand that there are different types of tongues because there is your prayer language where Paul refers to it, that when you pray, no one understands. So it wasn't even like if there was one language in the room that wasn't here. No, no one understands. Why? Because you're not speaking to men, but to God. That's your prayer language. So it's another type. So, yeah, we see this anointing flowing. And, of course, everybody is shocked at what's happening. And so they were all amazed at verse 12 and perplexed, saying, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. What are they saying? You want to translate? They drunk. They drunk. Now, if I look out here, I don't see any drunk people. How do you know a drunk person's drunk? Because they're not the same person. Isn't that right? You see a person that you see every day, and now all of a sudden, I'm talking about if they drink alcohol and get drunk in the natural. Now, the Bible says don't get drunk on alcohol, but be filled with the Spirit. So the alcoholic spirit is a counterfeit. Because how many people have got problems and troubles that only the anointing can deal with, but the devil sidelines them to alcohol, and the alcohol gives a temporary relief. It does the same thing what the anointing would have done. The problem is the alcohol wears off. It hasn't destroyed the yoke. It put it under suppression. Because you can take a depressed person and when they get drunk, all of a sudden, everyone's their friend. Have you noticed? The most stingiest of people, when they're drunk, want to buy the whole bar drink. Now he's all generous. Isn't that right? The guy who couldn't say five words, now that he's drunk, he's got a whole story to tell you. The guy that sits quietly, he's now dancing on the table. What happened? He became another man. When the anointing came on Saul, they said he is another man. Something changed in him and he's not what we used to. Family, when the anointing gets into your life, your family will know something's different. They will see something's different. When that anointing's working, then all of a sudden burdens are removed, yokes are destroyed, a transformation takes place. They look drunk. Hallelujah. There was power at work. There was power at work. See, when that alcohol wears off, they're back to the curse. 
back to the poverty. Those bills are still there. That spouse is still there. Those children are still there. The boss is still there. Someone's drinking. How many of you ever watched an old Western movie and they need to do an operation, pull the bullet out, whatever? What do they do? Alcohol. Why? To deaden the pain. So that they can get in there and pull that bullet out. But when that alcohol wears off, they still ache. They're still aching. They're still painful. See, family, when this anointing comes, it'll enter into your life and it will take that which has been causing that problem and annihilate it. It'll put you down. It'll put you under. You'll get drunk. But here's the thing. What will happen is that pain is removed. It is destroyed. And that problem is dissolved out of your life. That spouse, that marriage is restored. That family is put back together. That drug problem is totally dissolved. That alcoholic addiction is taken out of your life. And here's the thing. When you come back out of it, there's no hangover. There's no pain. There's no drop at the end. You don't need an upper and a downer and another upper. When you have the Holy Spirit, you are filled at any time you want it. You tap in. And you're never the same. Never the same. Never the same. You guys are sitting on the wrong side. This is the same. Hey, Pastor, listen. Have you ever seen your mother like this? <laughs> so this is the this is church. This is church. It should be order. You know the definition of order? Whatever the Holy Spirit's doing, come into order with what he's doing. Amen. I'm not feeling interrupted, so you can relax. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. See, we're so used to negativity. I mean, some churches, you know, I don't want to call churches, people, people, some people are so negative, you don't want them near your car battery, man. They'll hit that thing and it'll die on the spot. Have you ever been like that? You are full of joy, you're happy, you prayed up, 
You ready? You, I mean, the Bible says to stir yourself up on your most holy faith. What's that talking about? Stir yourself up in that anointing. You stir, every time you pray in tongues, you're stirring up the anointing. And you're full of joy. You come out of that prayer closet. Man, we are taking this world. And I mean, you're so excited. You drive to, to, to your workplace singing and worshiping. The guy in the car next door looks at you and thinks, why are drunk people driving their car? And I mean, you're just having a, a great time. And then you run into somebody and they, they are so negative. They just want to drain it out of you. But family, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy, the joy, the joy. Joy. Everybody say joy. What do you think is going to happen when joy hits you? Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is in my heart. The joy of the Lord is in my heart. The joy, 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 joy. Does that even, that doesn't even compute. You'll be amazed. That your father, the Bible says, he laughs at the wicked one. I can just imagine God sitting on his throne. And he said, the gates of hell will not prevail. Isn't that what Jesus said? I will build my church and hell will not stop it. I will build my church. I will. And hell cannot stop it. And Vrachis, the devil still tries. I mean, this is the same Jesus that defeated him on the cross. The same Jesus that stripped him of the keys, stripped him of authority, totally annihilated his kingdom and gave that full authority to his church. That devil still gets up and says, watch me. I'm going to try one more time. I can just see God again. <laughs> Yeah, really, yeah, you're going to stop my church. You come to the wrong church because, yeah, they know my presence. Yeah, they know my anointing. You try bringing anything against any one of these. <laughs> and the Bible says God laughs. So if you have a hard time laughing in church, I don't know how you're going to handle your heavenly father. When he gets going, can you imagine the ancient of days, what kind of laugh comes out of that man, that, that God, he's not a man, that God. A booming laughter that'll just echo through all the universe. Some people will fight to keep their depression. Hallelujah. Amen. Not in this church. I said not in this church. Amen. What could this mean? They drunk. But Peter, standing up with eleven, raised his voice and said, Men of Judea and all of Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say they're not drunk. It's not what you think. 
since it's only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. And they all looked drunk. Like they've been in the pub all night. He says, no, it's only nine o'clock. So this is not alcohol. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last day, says God, I will pour out of my spirit. See, that's Holy Spirit in, anointing in. Now I'll pour out Holy Spirit on, on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on your men servants, on my, 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 my and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming great awesome day of the Lord. It shall come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, signs, which God did through you in your midst, as you yourselves also know. That's Christ. That's the anointing at work. Say amen. Say, there's a miracle in me. Listen. These people are laughing themselves to their healing. They'll never be the same again. Never be the same again. Hey, man. You should try it sometime. Acts chapter 3 verse 1, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. And when they laid him at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, Peter said, with John, Peter said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. Didn't define the thing. There's an expectancy. Everybody say expectancy. But Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give you. What I do have, I give you. What I do have. Say there's a miracle in me. In the name of Jesus, the anointed of Nazareth, rise up and walk. When that man heard the anointing was there, he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet, ankle bones received strength. And he leapt up, stood, and walked, and entered the temple of them. And he, walking and leaping, praising God. Walking and Walking and this is a man who never walked. Excuse him if he's dancing in church. 
I said, excuse him if he's dancing in church. How wide those people will and twirl in church. Maybe they haven't walked for a long time, even in the realm of the Spirit. But when the anointing gets hold of you, family, you're another person. There's a miracle in you. I said, there's a miracle in you. There's a miracle in you. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.